0: We've gone from fields with perfectly emerged rows of plants to back to bare ground because of flea beetle grazing.
1: Welcome to the Canola Watch Podcast. I'm Jay Wetter. The opening quote is from...
0: Hi, Simon Kitely from the National Institute of Agricultural Botany in Cambridge, United Kingdom.
1: Simon Kiteley spoke at Farm Tech in Edmonton the end of January. His topic was the neonicotinoid ban in Europe and how that has affected cabbage stem flea beetle management in the United Kingdom. Simon and I got together for a chat at Farm Tech and joining us were
2: Keith Cobbard, Agronomy Specialist with the Canola Council in Southern Alberta.
1: And Gregory Seklich, Agronomy Specialist with the Canola Council of Canada for Northern Alberta. We start with Simon explaining how the neonic ban came about.
0: Yep, Um, there was a vote in the European Parliament in 2013, and they agreed to ban the use of neonics on flowering crop species henceforth, and that ban came into effect for the planting season for our winter oilseed rape crop in 2014, uh, the autumn of 2014. right, so you've had three years and a bit. What's the effect been? Right. Um, We've seen quite devastating consequences uh, of complete crop losses, uh, a lot of defoliation, which has recovered in in many cases, uh, loss of grower confidence, uh, uh, growers going out of oilseed rape in the worst affected parts of the country. Complete crop loss? Are you exaggerating? Not at all bare ground
1: and all because of this uh, cabbage stem flea beetle
0: yes yes indeed I mean that obviously there's other competing pests like slugs um, and you, you can't rule out slug damage but no uh, we've gone from fields with perfectly emerged rows of plants to back to bare ground because of flea beetle grazing.
1: I, I think we can imagine in Western Canada that flea beetles can take out our uh, early emerging canola. But but your crop is at risk for many, many more months of the year, being a, a fall seeded crop. What do these flea beetles do? Okay,
0: um, the, the adults fly into the, the fields with emerging crops and feed directly on the young plants, the cotyledons, even before the plants emerge from the soil if it's a cobbly seed bed they'll be underneath there destroying the plants before they emerge and even coming in at the three or four leaf stage just shredding the plants so that in a, a cool dry period the plants just cannot grow away from the damage and they give up the ghost and die so that's phase one um, plenty of crops survive And the beetles continue to be active, they mate, and they lay eggs over a long period of time, uh, as long as it's over uh, three degrees centigrade. They remain active, feeding, laying eggs. The eggs hatch over a long period of time, and they go into the established plants and enter the, the leaf petioles, and feed in the leaf petioles for weeks or months and occasionally progress from one petiole up the developing plant into another one. Uh, I've opened petioles and found 10 or 12 uh, larvae in a single petiole. They they finish feeding, uh, drop out pupate in the ground uh, for weeks and months, emerge in early summer uh, just feed on any vegetation that they come across at that time, this, and 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 then rest, just waiting for the next crop to be sown so that they can start the whole thing again. And some of that some of that um, larval grazing damage so weakens the plants that uh, they become stunted little bushes which flower late and are vulnerable to other things like pigeon grazing, which is terrible in our country.
1: Yep. Pigeon grazing, like the bird.
0: And and pollen beetle, which is not normally associated as a, a terrible pest for the winter crop, um, but it, it just sets them back. Does does that create a good picture? Well, okay, yes.
1: Well, no, but <laughs> you created a picture. A picture, <laughs> picture yeah. Um, so one thing I want to ask before I get Keith and Greg in here but. <clears throat> Back to the neonics, When are they used again? And how, like this is a long oh, at-risk okay. period. Are they used as seed treatments and foliar somehow, or
0: what? What, what are growers They they would have been traditionally. Um, since uh, 2000, we'd ha- we've had access <clears throat> to to the first neonics. Where Chinook was the first one in in our country, and it's put on as a seed treatment. And gives a very good protection over the, the first, let's say, first few weeks of a plant's life. Uh, more recently, we've had access to foliar sprays of products such as um, plenum. That's the, the only one that springs to mind. Um, but, but, but that's been banned too. So we've, we've lost access to neonics at every stage. Can you quickly tell me why
1: it was banned?
0: <clears throat> there were fears um, that were put forward, principally by environmental groups, I understand, that, that neonicts were damaging to bees in that they were still present in the pollen at flowering time and were having adverse effects on bees and perhaps disorientating them. Um, I've I've seen none of that research, and I think it's pretty thin, and it certainly was not conducted on winter oilseed rape. Uh, I personally find it quite hard to believe that you'd get damaging levels of the the product surviving from (laughs) seed in mid-August through to flowering in mid-April.
1: Greg, I'm going to throw it to you for the kind of a Canadian perspective on the neo And I mean, we've had the conversation here. We don't have a ban. I think we're hoping we won't have a ban. But can you bring us up to speed on what what's going on here and what the conversation is? Yeah, we basically just concluded um, a pollinator
3: review of the uh, the three major uh, neonics in in Canada. Uh, two of which we use quite extensively in, in canola, obviously in, in spring canola, and they really are our only uh, our first line of defense, I guess for uh, for the, the the two species of flea beetle that we have, both of which are actually in, introduced, uh, neither, neither of which are native to Canada, we have a handful of other uh, flea beetle species that are native. But the the damaging ones are the are the imported species. Um, and 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 so far, the uh, the results which were released last December uh, indicate that the uh, use patterns and the and the products that we're using do not pose a substantial threat to. Uh, pollinators, or uh, both, both native or, or managed honeybees in, in Canada, and that certainly does jive with the the body of global literature. Every time we look at at field scale and, and field realistic dosages and, and practices, uh, really it, it it lends credence to the uh, to, to the notion that we're we're doing a really good job of, of stewarding and managing these 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 products for the most part, and really preventing the exposure of them to. Uh, well, well, both honeybees and, and and native pollinators as well. Uh, so that's certainly encouraging for Canada. Though the uh, the same sort of, of political and, and activist pressure that was encountered in in the European Union and the UK was, was certainly present in Canada. Um, we actually were able to uh, really work with our, our Canadian beekeeping organizations and uh, and many of the environmental. Uh, organizations as well to, to, to look at this from a really science-based perspective and, and determine that, uh, that, that we're, we really are using them responsibly. Yeah,
1: right. From, from a biodiversity or sustainability perspective, the, 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 the style of the canola seed treatment would seem to be fairly uh, species-specific and, and have limited effect on bees. Yeah,
0: quite. Uh, I mean, that's a, a tremendously important point. Uh, yeah, they would only kill the insects that were attacking the plant. What's happening now, of course, is that the, the, the growers are coming on with repeat sprays of pyrethroids, pr- pyrethroid sprays, uh, which are killing all the insects that they encounter, including those that we think are beneficial, either as <laughs> predators of the uh, the beetles or parasites. Uh, What's worse is that the pyrethroids themselves are largely ineffective because we have pyrethroid resistance at a high level in the cabbage stem flea beetle so um, we're, we're selecting an increasingly resistant population and at the same time killing off the beneficials.
1: Keith, what sort of parallel could, would you draw for Canadian canola growers based on the experience in the UK? Is there, is there a message about the neonic ban, or is there should we be proactive with a new approach, or what would you, how would you take this on?
2: Well, thankfully, our flea beetle species isn't nearly as damaging as the one Simon described. But uh, I think the take-home message is that we really have to protect the targeted approach we have for flea beetle control. Where we're measuring an active ingredient in grams per 100 kilograms of seed and then using a small amount of seed to get that stand established and it's so it's a really nicely targeted approach avoiding a foliar broadcast spray which you know regardless of your background should be seen as as you know a a approach of last resort you know we then kill every insect that becomes exposed to what to the product that we we choose so stand establishment is tough you know and we've had products on the market that did not have an insecticide seed treatment and growers really found them to be uh, a problem and ineffective uh, we can't predict where flea beetles are going to be an issue on any given spring so we use it as a preventative uh, protective product for stand establishment and it works exceptionally well.
1: Anyone have a last comment, or yeah, I would really like to um,
3: to to express my my concern for, uh, for for the really lack of alternatives that we have if we 're going to continue growing this crop and certainly if we can learn anything from the u k it's that uh, w- when you remove that that, that treatment that, that really targets the insects that are specifically feeding on the crop at a pretty specific growth stage uh, the the alternatives uh, are, are are actually quite horrific uh, and, and cataclysmic in, in in the case of some beneficial insect populations, uh, ground beetles in, in particular, and uh, are a huge class of wildly diverse the insects in in Western Canada that are, are particularly susceptible to the products that we would be spraying to control the uh, the, the beetles foliarly.
1: This has been a Canola Watch podcast. With me today were Simon Kightly from the UK and my Canola Council of Canada agronomy colleagues, Gregory Sekulich and Keith Gobbert. For lots more on flea beetle management in canola in Canada, go to canolawatch.org. While there, you can sign up to receive our weekly Canola Watch agronomy emails throughout the growing season. Thanks for listening. I'm Jay Wetter.